Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Well, as, uh, as you already know, we're starting a new season um, and uh, we're calling it 21 Days of Breakthrough. And um, uh, a couple of years ago, 2018 and 2019, really felt to do a season of prayer, fasting and giving for three weeks. I didn't do it the last two years, uh, just didn't feel like it. Um, and the reality is that we don't want to make it something that's a religious obligation. It's something that when we feel called to do it, uh, we want to step into that. And so basically, we're just asking everybody in our church uh, to do three things. Uh, number one uh, is to choose a fast. Choose a type of fast that you can participate in, and we'll talk more about that later. Uh, also, to choose a prayer meeting. Uh, we have three prayer meetings on the go here at Reedy Creek for the next three weeks. We also have Pimpama actually has an online prayer meeting as well on a Thursday night. And so if you can't come out, feel free to join them on the Pimpama Facebook page, Kings Pimpama, and join them. Pastor Matt Triagos will be running that. So we're encouraging people to do that. And then also we're encouraging people that on from the June the 12th onwards to actually bring an offering. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, he gives three breakthrough principles. He's telling them to perform these tasks actually in private because the Pharisees were doing it for public acclamation. But actually, he says, you don't need to do it in public because they produce a... If you do it privately, they produce a public result. And he says, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. Your Father who sees what you do in secret reward you openly. And so some churches, they would spend a season on prayer and fasting, a season on stewardship and giving. We just really felt to narrow that down, put it all together and make it an incredibly potent time. And we're believing for breakthroughs in people's lives across our church. When we've done these the first couple of years, we've seen people experience incredible breakthroughs in their lives. And so we're encouraging you to consider that. But I know that probably of those topics, uh, the most controversial uh, is fasting. Uh, and we're starting fasting tomorrow. And so some of you might be saying, well, what, why do I have to fast? You know, what's the reason why I've got to fast? And so, well, I'm glad you asked, because uh, today I'm going to give you six reasons why you should fast. Uh, and so uh, that's my message today. Uh, pretty simple, this is why we fast. Uh, six reasons from the scripture. Uh, the first reason why we should fast uh, is imitation. Imitation. Uh, we imitate Christ when we do it. Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. So basically Christ taught us how to live. So he gave us a model to follow, that we can be Christ-like. I mean, that's the pursuit of the Christian life, to be honest, to be Christ-like, to be more like him. And so when we see his life, then we can actually model ourselves on it. And one of the things that isn't talked about a whole lot is that actually at one point in his life, Jesus did a significant fast. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 2, it says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. And so here we see Jesus did a 40-day fast. And if you want to look at the timeline of his life, basically the first 30 years of his life, he lived in relative obscurity as a carpenter's son. And then he's kind of, hits his kind of coming out season. And so he goes to visit his cousin, John the Baptist, who was baptizing people in the River Jordan. And when John saw him, he could see the Spirit of God upon him and realize that Jesus was the Messiah. And he said to him, hey, listen, you should... 
you should be baptising me, not you. And, and Jesus said, well, this we should do for Scripture to be fulfilled. And, and so as a side note, even Jesus got water baptised. And so for us as believers, it's good for us to be water baptised as well. And we do water baptism every, every couple of months here. And so if you haven't been water baptised, I encourage you to pursue that. And, and so then he went down under the water. Bible said he came up, heaven was open, the Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove, and there was a voice from heaven, and it was his heavenly father, who said, here is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Then he was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness. There he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. At the end of that time, he was hungry. Now, I know that some people, I've heard people talk about, you know, at 40 days, that's when your body's breaking down. That hunger is talking about that extra hunger that you feel. Um, I'm not 100% convinced of that. I believe that he was graced to fast those 40 days. And when the grace lifts, you get hungry. Anyone who's been on a fast would know that. That there's times when God's, you're on a God-ordained fast, you're actually feeling at that time the grace to fast. And then when it's time to finish, the grace lifts off you. And so I want to encourage people to take mind of that. We're not wanting anybody to force themselves, drive themselves. We want the grace of God to be upon people and do it according to how, he, uh, how the Spirit leads. Then the Bible says that he came, was tempted by the devil. He came back into the city where he began his public ministry and that's where Jesus started his ministry. Notice this, he went on a fast just before a new season was ushered. If you look through scripture, very often a fast is the thing that sends us off into a new season. Sometimes God will call you to fast because he's got something new for you and he uses that as the way of sending you into the season that he has for you. A number of years ago, uh, I, was asked to be, um, I was asked to be a Bible college principal, started Bible college in Brisbane and, and I was living in Mackay at the time and, and I was actually praying about whether I should do it and I was really unsure and I thought I better pray about it and, and to get, I better fast I thought and, and so when you do that very often clarity comes and so I remember come morning tea of the first day of that fast, I knew for sure I was supposed to go and I thought that's awesome, best fast I've ever been on, just skip breakfast and then as I was praying, I just felt the Lord say, keep going. And I said, well, for how long? And he said, till you feel hungry. Now, that's a bit scary because then you know that he's graced you to do it. And so I woke up day two, not hungry. And I said, why am I doing this? And he said, you're starting a new season of your ministry. I said, okay. Day three, not hungry. Day six, not hungry. Day nine, not hungry. Day 13, Lunchtime, I'm praying. So when you fast, you're supposed to put prayer in place of what you're sacrificing. Okay, so if you're going to fast food, then instead of eating at that time, you pray. And so I was praying at lunchtime, and then I just felt the Holy Spirit say, it's done. I said, awesome. What's done? And he said, you're going to start traveling and preaching now. Up until that time, I'd never, uh, I'd, I'd had a desire to travel and preach, but I was only invited two or three events a year. That next week, I got three invitations. The next six years, I was six years. I was travelling three to four events a month, and then for the six years after that, full time travelling itinerant around Australia. And if I look back at the moment that was the catalyst, the thing that ushered in the new season, it was actually 
the fasting. The fasting was the catalyst for the new season. I feel for some people here, that's what this fast is going to do for you. God's about to, you're about to cross over into something that is promised. You're about to cross over into a new season and the gateway through to it will actually be this season of fasting. And even Jesus fasted. And so if we want to be Christ-like, there will be a time at some point in our life when he'll call us to fast. The second reason why we fast is expectation expectation. Jesus actually expects us to fast. Matthew chapter 6 verse 16 says this, moreover, when you fast, I'm just going to stop right there, when you fast. When Jesus says that, I'm thinking, well, he ain't talking to me. Half Tongan, half Australian, he can't be talking to me. But actually, at the time, he was doing Matthew chapter five and Matthew uh, chapter five to verse uh, chapter seven. That's called the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking to everybody following him at that time, and he's speaking to everybody who's following him at that time. When you fast, there's an expectation from him that at some point we're going to fast. Now that's hard for a Polynesian to hear, because when you're a Polynesian, food's a big deal and a big part of what you do. Uh, I've told you before about my 21st. At my 21st, um, the centrepiece of a Tongan feast is actually a roast pig. And so at my 21st, I remember we had a roast pig in the middle of the table for 80 of my cousins. And uh, at the time, it's like, you know, it fed everybody and that was pretty good. But my sister... Uh, who, was, uh, who, who was more insecure than me. Uh, she had 180 people at her 21st. Uh, how many pigs do you think you need for 180 people? She had eight pigs uh, for her 21st, lined up on trestle tables, and you go and cut a piece off and that sort of thing. It was incredible. My cousin, who's a little bit more insecure than all of us, uh, she had 250 people at her 21st. How many uh, pigs do you think you would need for 250 Tongans? She had 22 pigs. 22 pigs lined up. And then at the end, the food, there was so much food, everything's on trestle tables, and then when, and all, everything's on paper plates. So when you finish a dish, they bring another one out. You never actually saw the table, right? And then at the end, you know how you go to your Aussie party and they have their little doggy bags and that sort of thing? That's not the doggy bag at a Tongan party. The doggy bag at my cousin's 21st was big, black, glad garbage bags. You know what I'm saying? So when Jesus says, when you fast... I think, he ain't talking to me. But he actually is. He's talking to all of us. At some point, we're going to fast. Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15 says this. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? So here John the Baptist, his disciples come to Jesus, and they said, hey, how come you're, you, we fast all the time and your guys don't fast. Now, one of Jesus' disciples was a guy by the name of Andrew. And Andrew actually was a follower of John the Baptist. So when Jesus started his ministry, Andrew left John the Baptist to go and serve Jesus. And the big difference was Jesus' disciples never fast and yet John the Baptist's disciples always fast. I think it might have been one of the reasons why he left. And so here, John the Baptist's disciples are coming to speak to Jesus and he's got his disciples with him and says, hey, how come you guys don't fast? You can imagine Andrew standing behind him looking at his old team. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> We don't fast. That's why I left you guys. You know, you guys fast all the time. I'm with Jesus. He turns water into wine. Five loaves, two fish, 12 basketfuls left over, mate. He's a walking smorgasbord. Yeah, it's awesome. 
And then Jesus says in verse 15, he says, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? You can imagine Andrew saying, that's right, baby, bridegroom. We're with the bridegroom. We feast all the time. And then Jesus says, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then these turkeys will fast. You can imagine Andrew saying, what? You never told me that. It's the whole reason why I followed you. But notice this, even then Jesus is saying, while I'm here on earth in this ministry, they're not going to fast with me, but when I go, they're going to fast. And if you look throughout the rest of the book of Acts, fasting was part of what they did. Fasting is an expectation. The third reason why we fast is lifestyle. It's an expected lifestyle of the New Testament believer. In Acts chapter 13, 1 to 3, it says, In the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now this is in Acts chapter 13. Here's some things that happened before this. Number one, Jesus Christ came, died and rose again. Secondly, then the baptism of the Holy Spirit was poured out out on them. So we can see right now that this is the lifestyle of a New Testament believer. Then in the early church, at that point, they were fasting and praying. It doesn't say they were fasting and praying for anything specific. It was just part of the lifestyle of a New Testament believer. It was part of the way that they worshipped. In the midst of that, God spoke to them and said, set apart Saul and Barnabas for me for the work that I've shown them. Very interesting enough as a side note. The Bible tells us earlier that Saul, who was a hater of Christianity, was on the road to Damascus. Jesus appeared to him, knocked him off his horse. He had an encounter with Jesus. At that point, the Lord said to him, I'm going to make you a light to the Gentiles. God called him to go and be a light to the Gentiles but he didn't just take that word and just go do it straight away that's where a lot of Christians as a side note fall into problems God tells them one thing once and they step out into it and that didn't work because they did the right thing at the wrong time and so God spoke to him and then he went to be at the church of Jerusalem which was actually full of Jewish Christians in the midst of that time as part of their lifestyle was some prayer and fasting God spoke to them and said, now you can start the ministry to which I've called you. God spoke to him, sent him out, spoke to everyone else. Now was the time in the midst of prayer and fasting. I am sure at the start of that fast, they had no clue that that was going to happen. But in the midst of it, that's what happened. But prayer and fasting was part of the lifestyle that they lived. That's why at some point in your life as a believer, at some point, it's not every week, it's not even every year, but at some point in your life as part of a New Testament believer, God is going to call us at some point to do some fasting because it's part of the expected lifestyle of Christians. The fourth thing that happens when we fast, fourth reason why we fast is warfare, spiritual warfare. Daniel chapter 10 verses 2 to 3 says this, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So for three weeks, Daniel was fasting. That's what it's saying there. We jump forward to verse 12 of Daniel chapter 10. And just before this, he has an appearance from an angel. An angel comes and sees him. And then it says, Then the angel said to me, Do not fear, Daniel. 
for from the, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. So watch this. Daniel starts on a 21-day fast. And at the end of that 21 days, he receives an angel. And the angel said to him this, the moment you started praying, I was coming to give you the answer. But I was delayed. What delayed me? Said the princes of Persia. That phrase, princes of Persia, Persia, is talking about the principalities and powers and demonic forces over that territory. They were stopping me from actually getting through to you. After a while then, as he was still praying and fasting, not even realising what was happening, God sent the archangel Michael, sent out the big guns. And that way he was able to break through. So at the end of 21 days, that's when he came through. So watch this. You start praying and fasting and you don't even realise some of the warfare you're interacting in. That there's some things you're releasing in the spirit that you don't even see coming as you do that. And eventually the breakthrough comes. That's why the devil is attacking you so much before this fast. Because, when, because the devil knows what's going to happen as a result of it. I have found so often in the life of being as a Christian, one of the major times the enemy tries to attack the most is just before a fast. You would notice last week on the video message that I sent out across the whole church that at one particular fast, I turn up to my office and a lady had dropped off a box of poly waffles. Uh, for those, that's like a chocolate bar that we used to have when we were kids. Out the front, um, I remember another time I'm about to embark on a fast. A good mate of mine just lost it at me out of nowhere the day before I'm starting the fast. All these things were flaring up just before we started the fast. Why? Because it is an act of warfare. The enemy does not want us to actually do it. He opposes it. And so I want to encourage you to understand that sometimes when, when you fast, you're engaging in spiritual warfare. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And in the same way, we engage, one of the ways we engage in spiritual warfare is through fasting. The fifth thing, uh, the fifth uh, reason why we fast is breakthrough. Breakthrough. Mark 17, 21, and actually Mark 9, 29, Jesus says the same thing. This kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. So basically what he's saying, this breakthrough, this victory, the only way we were going to get it was through prayer and fasting. You know what that tells me? There's some breakthroughs you're only going to get through prayer and fasting. It also tells me this, if you have never fasted before, get ready. Because there are some breakthroughs coming your way that you didn't even realise were available. This kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. Sometimes prayer and fasting helps you to cross over into the victory that God has for you. I love the story in the book of Judges chapter 20. And it talks about how the Israelites were going to go to war with their fellow tribesmen, the Benjamites. And so the Israelites would be greatly outnumbering the Benjamites. Um, and they were praying. They said, Lord, should we go and fight the Benjamites? The Lord said, yes. So they went out and fought the Benjamites and got slaughtered. So they came back to camp and prayed again, Lord, do we fight the Benjamites? And the Lord said, yes. So they went out again and got slaughtered by the Benjamites. And so then what happened was that they came back to camp and we pick up the story in verse 26 of Judges 20. It says, Then all the children of Israel 
That is, all the people went up and came to the house of God and wept. They've just been defeated two times. They've been defeated two times for something God told them to do. Have you ever done something God told you to do and it didn't work out the way that you thought? And then he says, they went up and came to the house of God and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So the children of Israel inquired of the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin, or shall I cease? Do you really want us to fight? We've lost twice already. And the Lord said, Go up for tomorrow. Go up for tomorrow. I will deliver them into your hand. Notice this. The first two times they sought the Lord, he said, yeah, fight. But the third time he said, yeah, and you'll win. What was the difference? This time they fasted. This time they fasted to get the breakthrough that the word of God said that they could have. Sometimes the mechanism by which God gets you a breakthrough, shifts the circumstance, is actually fasting. That's why we call this season 21 Days of Breakthrough, because I believe there's breakthroughs available all throughout our church as a result of this season. Breakthrough comes as a result of fasting. And the sixth, benef- uh, the sixth reason why we fast is rewards. rewards. Matthew chapter 6, 17 and 19. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So he says, we're going to get rewards as a result of fasting. What are the rewards? Doesn't say. Because there's a multiplicity of things that can happen. Sometimes you can receive direction. Sometimes you can receive revelation. Sometimes you can receive a miracle. Sometimes you can receive deliverance. I have seen people experience deliverance from life-changing patterns and habits as a result of fasting, that they have received breakthrough as a result of that, seen people receive healing as a result of fasting. There's so many different things that can happen when you fast. God can usher in a new season. God can make things happen that you couldn't experience before, all as a result of fasting. I remember back in 2018 when we called the first 21 Days of Breakthrough. Many of you would not know, but at the time, our church was in a, uh, financially was in a big mess, and we had a lot of challenges. And I remember the Lord said to do 21 days of breakthrough, prayer, fasting, and giving. I remember in one of the prayer meetings that we had at that time, and as we were praying, uh, there was only four of us actually in that prayer meeting. Uh, it was myself, it was Bill Laver, it was Ian Brazel, and it was, all, and it was Chris Gregory, all current elders of our church. And as we were praying, I just said, oh, let's just start off praying in the Holy Spirit. So we started praying in the Holy Spirit. And as we were doing that, I had a picture of us. And the picture of us, we had four detonators. And we were standing around this great big bedrock with these detonators, you know, like dynamite detonators, ready to push it. And I said, I think we're supposed to keep praying. So we kept praying in the Holy Spirit. And I said, we're going to keep going. We prayed in the Holy Spirit for about 55 minutes nonstop. And at the end of that time, I saw us push that detonation down and I saw this great big bedrock that looked impregnable shift 
And I just saw blessing flowing through it. And I said, and I, said I think something has just happened. This was round about the time of the prayer, fasting and the giving. Over the course of the next year, the greatest miracle our church has experienced has been in financial breakthrough. God has done absolutely incredible things. To think that even this year, we could put another four staff members on. Most, church would be, most churches would die to be in a position like that. And we were not in a position like that three years ago. But something happened when we prayed, fasted and giving. Something that we had not experienced for many years before, something shifted and moved that was impregnable. There's rewards as a result of fasting. My encouragement to you, this church, is, is this. We don't pray and fast to make God love us. We don't pray and fast to make ourselves worthy. We don't pray and fast to prove who is more spiritual. We pray and we fast because God has rewards for us for that discipline. And I believe God has got things for every single one of you here. And so my encouragement to you is this. Not that you, that you would just choose one type of fast. I understand that with pe certain people's jobs and certain people's current health situation, full fasts may not be appropriate. That's totally fine. I'm asking just to choose one of five options. Option one is juice and broth. And so in that time, you can do, uh, and, you know, and you might just have liquids over the course of that time. The second kind of fast is actually a Daniel fast, fruit and vegetables and that sort of thing. The third one is intermittent fasting. That means you fast some and fast not. I've talked to some people and they said, oh, man, you know, I've got a party on the second week and a party on the third week. What should I do? I said, we can see God. I said, but I don't think there's an issue in you participating in that party. That's totally fine. There's a couple of events I've got to go to over that time and I'll probably eat a little bit at each one and then the rest of the time not. So you could do intermittent fasting. Fourth thing is you could do delicacies fast, which means you cut out something that you would normally have. Could be chocolate. Could be Baskin-Robbins ice cream. Could be, heaven forbid, coffee. Could be anything. What, something you would normally have once you cut out at that time. That's another option. And the fifth op option is a media fast. So you either abstain from watching TV, Netflix, that sort of thing. Don't go on social media. Instead of when you would normally be on those things, spend the time in prayer. Whatever it is, God will grace you to do whatever he's calling you to do. I am not recommending to you what you should do. That's between you and the Lord. All I'm saying is this. Choose one for the next three weeks. Choose one. Choose a prayer meeting. Bring an offering. And Matthew chapter 6 says, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, your Father who sees what you do in secret will reward you openly. Amen.